Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. And we are back. Welcome to the show, everybody. If you are new to University of Adversity, if this is your first episode, what an episode to be a first. That's all I got to say. Welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You're in for a treat. So excited for this, you guys. We get to dive into the story of a living legend who has absolutely changed the game and is continuing to bring so much heat to the marketplace and value. And we really, we really raised the bar today. So you guys are in for a treat. Make sure you listen to this right to the end. My next guest is a well-known American entrepreneur, marketer, success coach, business owner, real estate investor, and leading trainer throughout the world. He has appeared daily on American TV for nearly 15 years and is a highly respected top businessman, entrepreneur, multiple New York Times bestselling author, and inspirational speaker. He has written five books, which have dominated the success business and real estate book sales since 2006. He has got so much energy and just listening to this guy and how he is able to project this energy and to raise the vibrations of who's ever listening to him is truly, truly remarkable. We're promoting his book, Underdog Advantage, which you guys are going to love. I want you guys to pick it up. As soon as you finish this episode, I want you to go follow the instructions and get this book. You guys are going to love it. You just have to go on the link. Book is paid for. You get the hard copy. You just need to pay for the shipping. It's an easy, I don't see why you guys wouldn't do that. It's absolutely it's such an awesome offer and you're going to get to dive into his world and learn about his underdog advantage, how he was able to get through as an underdog. He was counted out so many times. Make sure you guys listen to this right till the end. Take a screenshot of this episode on whatever platform you're using. Tag us, tag us on social media, in your stories, wherever you want to share it and give us a takeaway. Let us know what you thought, what your favorite takeaway was. You got value. Super honored, super grateful to dive into this story. And I know you guys will feed off the energy and you'll feel amazing after this. Dean Graziosi coming right up. Dean Graziosi, welcome to the show, my man. It's good to be here. What's up, Lance? Man, super excited. You, uh, you got so much going on right now as we were discussing. You know, you got books, you got programs launching. You know, and I'm super excited to dive into, you know, your new book coming out, Underdog Advantage. And before though, what I love to do is really people sometimes these days, they just get to learn about you now, or, you know, maybe they knew about you in the past, but like, I really want to, I really want to hone in on your story because it's powerful, you know, for where you came from and and really how you got to where you are today, man. So if you could take us right back to the beginning and maybe tell us what it was like for a young Dean growing up and maybe, maybe paid the way for us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will. And I'd love to share that only because it inspi- if it inspires those listening. So first off, I want to say, if you're listening or watching this pod- podcast, congratulations. 
you're a part of the self-education world. You're a part of gaining knowledge from other people. And man, that is truly the fastest way to gain specialized knowledge, right? The, the things that actually move the needle. And the reason I say congratulations, because there's a million other things you could be doing, or you could just be scrolling through, learning more about the Kardashians than your next level. And yeah. just being honest, I'm not knocking the Kardashians. I'm just saying that's what most people do. They'll get sucked on a news feed or someone's Instagram, but on Fridays when they see their paycheck, they're still complaining because they didn't go after the next level, unlike everybody listening. So I applaud you, we're kindred spirits. And to you, Lance, I wanna say like really awesome what you're doing. Like you're helping the world gain more wisdom. And, and the reason I say that, and it comes from a heartfelt area is because I was an underdog and we'll talk about it. I didn't have anything. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I, 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 I had envy of other people getting ahead. I wanted to get ahead on another level, didn't know how. But when I was a kid, there was no YouTube. There were no podcasts. There wasn't iTunes. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't Facebook. There was nothing. So for me, I, like, I remember watching Robin Leach, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous when I was a kid, a, a boring TV show, or watching infomercials like my dear friend now, Tony Robbins. Thank God I bought his product off an infomercial. So the reason I say that is because I freaking love that there's all this access to wisdom, all this access to knowledge that you don't have to go learn on your own because, listen, when I was a kid, my guidance counselor said, oh, you're not going to college? Basically, you're kind of screwed. You should go work at a factory. Rather than saying, she, you know, in today's world, it should say, okay, you're not going to go to school? Okay, other options, self-education. What, what interests you? Listen to these five podcasts. What, what do you want to do? Go buy these two courses. What else do you want to do? Go get in this mastermind. So for me, it's like talking about this is amazing because of the access people have. And again, I'm sorry to take so long on that intro, oh. but I really just want to say, Lance, great job, man. <laughs> Thanks, Keep this man. up. Even on the tough days, there's nothing more rewarding than helping change people's lives by delivering them value and just keep growing, man. So uh, my story, you want to hear a little bit about I that? I would love to, man. And I, I just want to say thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we're, we're making such impact and that's all I, that's all I want to do is make impact. Yeah. And, and tell me it doesn't get addicting, right? When you uh, know you're making a difference man, in someone's lives, you want to keep going. Even if somebody just DMs me, like I didn't even know was listening. was like, man, I really got a lot from your story or somebody just or somebody, somebody's story impacted somebody. And I go, ah, that's, that's why I do this. That so let me, let me, no, I get it, man. Believe yeah. me. I mean, Tony Robbins and I, you know, we partnered on a company yeah. about a year ago. We're making a massive impact, creating a movement. The fact of the matter is Tony doesn't need to do anything else for the rest of his life. I'm blessed to be in a position. I don't need to do anything, but this is legacy time. Like yeah. this is our time. I, I feel we are ethically responsible. If we have the ability to impact people's lives, to give them real knowledge, to allow them to go faster, not to make the same mistakes we did, how to put gas and fuel on their opportunities. Like if you wake up feeling obligated to do it, that's the stuff that gets you out of bed every day, even when you don't feel like it, even when you have all the money you want in five, 10, 20 years, Lance, like what gets you out is the impact. And I, I encourage everybody to find that driving force. But for me, I'll just be really quick. I, um, I don't know where, if you're listening or watching, I don't know where you came from, but we all have our advantages. We all have our disadvantages. Mine, my, I, I feel my, I don't look at them as disadvantages now, but growing up, I didn't have any money. I did have dyslexia. I struggled in school. I don't mean to give the typical stump speech here, but it's true. I struggled in school. I couldn't wait to get out in 12th grade. By, by 11th grade, I was only going a half a day. 
Um, my parents were married nine times between them. I moved everywhere. It was total insecurity as a kid. Never lived in a house more than a year. And then we'd move and new stepsisters and step grandparents and step cousins. And then they'd be gone and then new steps and new schools. And so it was, it was just, it was a little bit, not a little, it was a lot of chaos. But here's some of the things that I, I feel are a blessing and why I love being an underdog. It's why I wrote my new book, The Underdog Advantage, my, my book that just came out and people are going insane over it because I'll get to this later, but looking back, being an underdog is actually the greatest gift in the entire world. You're, now you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this guy. I, I, if I had money, I could make money. If I had more resources, I could do better. But what if that wasn't true? How does that work out for people who hit lotto that go broke? How does it work out for people who raise insane amounts of money for a company and then that goes flat on its back? How does it work out for people that you know that have trust funds that struggle with problems and lack of purpose their whole life compared to the greatest stories you could ever imagine are underdogs. So I'll get back to that. I'm just teasing that a little bit because I want to talk more about that. But in my life, um, I just knew, Lance, I don't know your background. I, I got a great bio on you. I listened to a couple of your, your interviews, which I thought were magical. That's why I'm here today. But I don't know your complete story. But I'll tell you this with me. Um, I just didn't like the life I had when I was a kid. I watched my parents struggle. I, my parents worked hard. They weren't lazy they weren't, I mean, my mom worked three jobs to make about 90 bucks a week. My dad worked in a collision shop, his own collision shop that made nothing, but he worked on cars from early in the morning to late at night and always had headaches and his hands were always dirty and cracking from being in the water buckets all the time. So it wasn't a lack of working hard. It's just how they were doing it wasn't working for them and their disadvantages kept them down. Like mm. I look at it like a trampoline, right? If you push down a trampoline a little bit, it bounces up a little bit, right? Push a trampoline down a lot, it can bounce really high, right? Yeah. But I feel like so many of us, and my parents included, the more life got heavier, the trampoline kept pushing down, pushing down, pushing down, but they didn't have the mechanism to like let go of the release to skyrocket. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Right? They just didn't have that. And, and at an early age, I'd love to say that I was this brilliant kid and I was looking for an epiphany. I just knew that that sucked. I just knew that they worried about money all the time. I knew that they fought about money. I knew we drove the shittiest car in town and I wore hand-me-downs and some days I went to school without lunch money. I just knew it, like it caused stress and worry. When you lack something, it becomes the thing that absorbs your mind. Think about that. Like when's the last time, and I said this before and if you heard it, it's just a good reminder. I'm sitting in this room, so are you Lance, you're sitting at your place. Have you thought about the oxygen you're breathing in the room since we've been talking? No. Not once. It's abundant, right? It's all yeah. over the place. But if I was next to you and I grabbed your throat, the only thing you would think about is oxygen because I was restricting it. Right or wrong? Really simple analogy. Yeah. My parents were restricted from revenue going to them and then that's all they thought about. That's all they worried about. That's all they argued about. And I just wanted to get that crap out of the way. And that's, I think, what drove me. If you're listening right now, you could be driven for a million reasons. You, wanna, you don't want to be complacent. Your life's okay. Your parents put you through a great college, but you don't want the nine to five. Or, or you know there's more for you. Or you're in a job you hate. Or you're in a business that's kind of going okay, but you need it to go faster. It doesn't matter where you are. It's the same thing. I just knew for me as a kid, I wanted to get money out of the way. I wanted to stop worrying. And what my parents were doing wasn't working for them. So I just, I started finding and becoming friends with older people in my little town of 5,000 people that were the most successful people in our town. Joey Noto, Dominic Afuso, uh, Richard Miller, uh, Mark Miller. These guys were 20, 30, 40 years older than me. 
and I befriended him. And all of a sudden I started learning different habits. I found out that one of them didn't go past seventh grade. One of them was an immigrant from Italy. One was shunned. Like they had all these disadvantages, Lance. Yeah. Then how the hell did they become so successful when other people use that as their anchor? And there was this shift of habits. That's why I wrote my last book, Millionaire Success Habits. And this shift of being an underdog is actually the thing that makes people successful. And, and I'm going to go back, but I, I got to share this because if you think about uh, your favorite athletes, I, I'm not a big sports fan, but I love certain athletes, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, biggest underdogs in the history of the world. When you think about successful people, I, I love John Paul DiGiorgio. He started Paul Mitchell and Patron Tequila. That's a guy that was homeless, didn't go to school, didn't have money. His wife left him when he was young with a two-year-old baby and he was homeless living in a car with his baby. How the heck did that guy become a billionaire? How did Richard Branson quit eighth grade with no money? Teachers told him he'd be a loser, become one of the most wealthy people in the world. How? Because they found a way to take their underdog or their disadvantages and use them as fuel and they fly right past the people who hit lotto or have resources or have a trust fund, not even in the same world. I mean, think about something like Mother Teresa or, or Martin Luther King. Changed the world, absolute underdogs, they didn't have it. So I'm telling my story while simultaneously, I just wanna share with everybody, if you feel like an underdog, congratulations. If you don't have the resources, you don't have the support from your friends and family, in fact, you get told to be realistic, stop being a dreamer, congratulations, you have the ingredients to be a winner. And if you don't feel like an underdog, then I want to teach you to have an underdog mindset because being complacent or feeling privileged will get you nowhere, not internal happiness and not external success. So for me, I'm making this a long introduction, Lance. You haven't said one word we, and I we, apologize. We love I'll wrap it, man. It up we here. love it. We love it. Here I'll you wrap it up here. Um, I, know that, I knew there was more for me. Didn't really know how to get it. I just worked hard, failed, worked hard. And I started being mentored by other people. In my 20s, I got Tony Robbins course uh, off of an infomercial because that was the only way it was accessible to me back in those days. My family told me I was nuts. Friends told me I was crazy. I paid for knowledge. What are you, a fool? My, my dad legitimately said, I, I got a bridge I can sell you. That's a term from way back to talk about selling you the Brooklyn Bridge. Long story short, I started getting knowledge and I realized, wow, I have, all, I have everything I need. I don't need someone to fund my business. I don't need my parents or my girlfriend or my fiance or anybody to support me. I have all I need. I don't need the right perfect education. I don't need to live in Beverly Hills of the perfect air. All I need is what all the successful people throughout time had. They turned disadvantages into a superpower and became resourceful. They used the power of people telling them they can't to fuel them. They, they move quick on their feet and all of these things. And I started uh, a collision shop on my own in my 20s. I started uh, doing real estate. I started cutting firewood. I got a tow truck business going. And then I started buying raw land and then I started subdividing land. Then I had 30 apartments and then I just kept growing and growing. And after getting Tony Robbins course, I decided I wanted to create a course because he changed my life. I wanted to change other people's lives. In 1999, I did my first infomercial. I struggled terribly. I was using, I was flipping real estate to fund the infomercial to be in the knowledge industry. Uh, every time I'd lose five grand, 10 grand, I'd flip another house and fix another car. I funded it. I failed miserably, did good, failed miserably. And long story short, through lots of ups and downs, I promise you, no matter where you are when you're listening to this, broker than broke, struggling or doing okay, wanting to go to another level, I've been broke, lived in a trailer park, also got to 100 grand a year, 100 grand you know, a month, 100 grand a week, like 100 grand a day. Like I've been through every phase in this journey and now I'm blessed to say uh, on the other side of being an, a quintessential underdog, stressed as a kid, worried I wouldn't uh, amount to anything or be able to help my family. 
changed their lives. I've been blessed. I'm a multiple New York Times bestselling author. I've, I've started over 13 companies. I've had more success than I've ever imagined possible. I get to travel around the world. I get to be friends with my heroes. And that's not to brag, everyone. That's to inspire. I am no special, more special than any single person. Listen, I had no privileges, but I did have an underdog advantage. I just didn't know it at the time. And that's why I'm so excited to get this book to the world so people can learn it sooner. All right, Lance, that uh, was really long. <laughs> Give me some other questions. There, there's, so many, there's, so many, there's so many things unpacked there. And what I really found interesting as well about your story, I just want to go back a little bit, is I could relate to is, is your parents being divorced and having to move around and having to go into these like step families that was some, one of the hardest times of my life was having yeah. to go. My dad remarried a woman with four kids. It was a nightmare, man. And she, and it was, it was, I won't get into the full details of it cause it was, it was, it was awful, but I learned a lot from it. It, it was one of the most, now I look back in hindsight and I needed that to happen. Yeah. I needed the lesson that I learned and the really shitty hard times for me to, to be able to be who I am today. So I wanted to see, because I haven't heard you talk about this at all, like if you could unpack what that was like, because a lot of people don't understand, like if there's a specific situation that you went through that impacted you, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe some clarity on what that was like for you, because- Yeah, gr great question, man. That. No, I, I love unique questions that I haven't got, and I haven't got that one. So I just want to tell you, my dad's third wife, uh, he had, she had two kids, and we moved into their house. I get it. Um, and my, my dad's third wife, my mom's third husband, they both had two kids each and either house I was at, I was either at his house at my mom's side, which was those kids lived in that house, right? Yeah. I was the stranger in there. Maybe you felt that way. And then <laughs> yeah. we moved, my dad moved in with her and now I'm in that house with two step siblings, you know, and yeah. it was, um, I wasn't welcome and I was kind of welcome on my dad's or my mom's side, not at all on my mom's side. Like I felt like a stranger in a house and uncomfortable. And I, I, it was, I get it, man. And I'm sorry you've been through that. But as my buddy, Tony says, what if life happens for us, not to us? I look back and wouldn't change any of that. And, and yeah. I'll give you a story that's really personal. Um, and maybe some people can relate to this. And again, relate to it in your own way. Something that went sideways in your life. The carpet got pulled out from underneath you. Someone let you down. The money wasn't there. You thought someone would have your back and they didn't. I want to give you a chance to reframe that today and realize how that can shine through as a superpower or whatever. You know, that's a silly term, but it's, it's an easy way to recognize it. I believe yeah. we all have like an S underneath our shirt. We just got to figure out how to open it and become yeah. that superwoman or superman. But so when I was about 12 years old, um, my dad was having a really tough time uh, being divorced from my mom. I, they got divorced when I was three, and it was still a, a monthly struggle, quarterly struggle, and fights and argument and you know, sadness and depression, and, and I'll just leave it at complete chaos, like yeah. trauma-type stuff, like insanity. So when I was, in tw when I was in 12 years old, um, 11 or 12, it, the insanity was so much that I just, I needed to sol soothe my dad's soul. He was the youngest of 11. He was sexually abused and physically abused. I'm just being completely transparent. My dad shares it with people or else I wouldn't. Yeah. And he just never got help for it. 
So he was this, like, he was built up anger. He had built up anger from the physical abuse that his father beat him senseless and the sexual abuse that no one would listen to him. So my dad was kind of angry his whole life and he was extremely confrontational. Do one little thing to my dad, oh my God, I'd be hiding under a table because he'd, he'd wipe out a diner if the guy just looked at him sideways, right? So mm -hmm. I'm anti-confrontation. I, I don't even know how to, I run from confrontation, right? So long story short, my dad's got this anger and rage and I just want it to stop. So 11, 12 years old, I make a deal with my dad. I move in with him, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I moved in. I left my stepdad's house. I had a mongoose BMX bike. I was in sixth grade, maybe, uh, seventh grade. Um, and I move into my dad. And I legit moved into a house that had no heat because he was remodeling, didn't have all the money. So we lived in a little bathroom with a space heater. And I'm telling you this story for a reason, because you're like, oh, wow, that, that's kind of crappy. And maybe you're listening and you have worse circumstances. I'm just telling you mine. So I move in. Um, he's got a junky car that has no heat. I'm making him drop me off down the street from school. So my friend, so I'm in a new school. I don't want to get made fun of. And I find out that my dad has had severe trauma. And I'll put it this way. At a young age, I had a bleeding ulcer because I stressed so much. I came home from school, puke blood. Like, and, and again, I'm not like being overly dramatic. I'm just being honest. And I, yeah. I wouldn't change a bit, by the way. That. I'm the man I am today because of that, right? Yeah. So no regrets here. I wouldn't take back an inch of it. But here's what I want to tell you. This is turning a disadvantage into an advantage. My dad could be the most loving dad in the world who would take me fishing and hunting and, and teach me how to drive cars and go-karts and motorcycles and do anything in the world for me, die for me. He was also the dad that caused me the most stress any other human on the planet caused me. There was two of them. And at an early age moving in with him, I was able to be intuitive to tell when great dad was going down the path. I got goosebumps talking about it. Great dad wow. was going down the path of me wanting to throw up blood and pain and wow. craziness. I didn't know it at the time, but it was forming this instinct and forming this ability through empathy, through caring, through love, through authenticity, through enthusiasm to keep my dad on the good side right? So I found the way, unlike anybody in my family, unlike any of his four wives, and like any of his 11 brothers and sisters, he didn't talk to his dad when he passed away. He wasn't talking to his mom when he passed away. He doesn't talk to my sister still to this day. But I found a way to talk to this guy and keep him over here. Now you're like, okay, Dean, tell me about your story. What's that mean? Okay, fast forward right now. Lance, I can get up on stage like I did last week in front of over I think last week I saw more than 20,000 people. I can get up on stage and I'm telling you, I can feel the audience. I know what they're feeling. I know what they need. And I deliver through my heart, through transparency, through authenticity. It's why I've been able to yeah. sell millions of books, impact millions of lives around the world. It's why Tony Robbins and I did the biggest launch in internet history. Not because I'm slinging a book or slinging some product. It's because I care through empathy and I know how to read people and I know how to give them what they need. And I learned that because of that, of what went on with my father, not in spite of it. That was my journey. God, the universe, whatever you believe in, gave me that gift, gave me that path. And when you recognize that, and sometimes it takes a book or it takes someone to tell you, when you recognize that, you already have everything you need. You're thinking that your dad or somebody treating you bad is your anchor when what my dad did to me was the wind behind my sail. You don't need your family and friends to support you. You need to shift this thinking and see how it could be fueled. I had the same thing with, with my dad because there was this way of reading the energy that I knew, oh, I'm going to set him off or, oh, he's going to be like this. And it's, it's amazing how you can develop that. And I was getting goosebumps when you're telling me because I was like, oh man, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. And yeah, you start to develop this and it's, uh, 
you don't realize it as a kid, but you start to learn these skills and you start to be able to read people in real life situations, which makes yep. it super powerful. So, and, and just think about this. And if you sell drugs or booze to people who shouldn't drink or do bad things to people, then I don't even want you to hear this. But if you have a product, a service, a thing that you know can positively impact people's lives or help them through something they buy or a book or a software or a service, whatever it is, if you know it actually improves people's lives, then is there anything more powerful than persuasion, right? Yeah. People think if they build it, they will come. If you build a podcast and it's good enough, they'll come. If you write a book and if it's good enough, they'll buy it. No, they won't. They won't come. If you think about books, 95% of all books in Barnes & Noble don't sell over 1,000 copies. Not because they're not great books, because nobody did any marketing or persuasion to get people to read it and say, oh my God, I love to persuade because I know if somebody reads my book, I change their life. I got over 700,000 people to read Millionaire Success Habits and still selling like crazy. I get to change their life if they get their book. So if you think about what my dad did, he gave me the gift of persuasion because I had to persuade him just like you had to do with your dad to stay on the right side of the tracks. So if he went over here, it was hell. Now, when I know when I love a book or love a course or love what Tony and I are doing or love a live event that I'm doing, I want to persuade at the highest level because it's the only way I could change people's lives. So there's gifts in all of these things if we know how to look for them. What was it that you loved about Tony though? Because he was the first guy that sparked a fire in my ass too. I remember uh, I was in yeah. Australia. That was my first like personal development. Well, what a second. Power of Now, who you talk about, Eckhart Tolle as well. And I've heard you yeah. talk about him. Those two really had impacted me also. But there was something about Tony that just, I was like, wow, this guy knows how to, yeah. this guy knows how to inspire me. I, I couldn't explain it. For me, there wasn't a lot of options back then. Right. right. It was just an right. infomercial with this guy and everything he said, I have to tell you, even on the infomercial, everything he said, I just believed him. It was yeah. completely opposite. And maybe you feel this way with the way you grew up, dude, you know exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything he said was completely counterintuitive to what my dad taught me. Like yeah. night and day, oil and water, black and white. Like he, Tony Robbins was this dreamer, a uh, big guy, maybe even a cult. And this, my dad, what my dad did was real. It was realistic. And guess what? I love my dad completely wrong. What Tony introduced me to was a different mindset, a different philosophy. And he introduced me to Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Dale Carnegie and Earl Nightingale and Coach John Wooden and all of, all of these amazing mentors. And I just went down this path of personal growth and success strategies and learned from people who've already been there. And when I applied that to business, everything changed. You know, I think in today's world, because we have access to so much, People are looking for the tool, the mechanism to make them more money or start that business or scale what they already have, right? They're, they're looking for the, the thing. Mm -hmm. And in my 20s and maybe my 30s, I would have, not my 30s, but most of my 20s, I was looking for that thing. And it was all wrong. Like, it doesn't matter what the thing is. If you don't have the right mindset, if you don't know how to turn your disadvantages into your advantages, if you have the wrong habits, you surround yourself with the wrong people, first obstacle gets you off track. You'll be looking for the next thing until you're 100 and go, man, I tried 20 businesses. Why didn't they work? Because you didn't have this. You didn't have the, to, you don't know how to turn your disadvantages into power. You don't have to shift bad habits out and put new habits in. And that's what I was lucky enough to recognize at an early age. And I've been blessed to be successful in a lot of different categories. And people always ask me, how'd you go from this and then real estate and then books and then KBB with Tony and then you own hundreds of houses. How do you do all these things? It's not magic. It's because I have a, a hardcore foundation for success to overcome those obstacles, keep going through, not listen to the naysayers and just keep 
chugging forward. And I also keep an underdog mindset. I never feel complacent. I never feel privileged. I never feel that I've made enough impact. I'm always thinking like, I got to keep going. I got to out hustle. I got to outdo. I got to outwork. And I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it allows you to stay relevant. It allows you to have, um, uh, sustainable success, not the, an overnight flash in the pan. How, so there's a lot of, obviously, so not having that many options back then would have almost been a good thing. Cause now, you know, I was talking, so many Grant, voices. I was talking to Grant Cardone the other day, he was on the show and he was talking about how important it is to kind of pick one or two or, or whatever people that you go. But a lot of people are, are dipping their toes into all these different ones and getting confused with conflicting information. What are your thoughts on for people just deciding to pick you know, one, two, maybe three specific mentors and doing it that way? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really smart thing. I think personal growth is personal, right? Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. You gotta, I would do this. This is my advice. Write down your values. Like what yeah. do you, even if it's, your values aren't perfect now, I don't know if my values are perfect in my 20s, but what are the values you would like to be known for when you die? Strong work mm-hmm. ethic, honest, sincere, authentic, good family man, good husband, good wife, good mother, good father, good to friends. Said what you meant and meant what you said. Mm-hmm. Never went back on your word. If they're the types of things that resonate with you, then write them down and make sure when you start following somebody, they have those same core values. Don't just watch them because they drive a Lambo and some of the stuff they say. If they swear too much and you don't like it, that's okay. Go to someone else. If they don't swear enough, go find someone who does. If someone's Christian and you're not, find somebody who's not. Like, yeah. Write down what you stand for and who you want to become. Not just, I want you to really hear this. Don't just write down what you want or what you want to achieve. Write down who do you want to be. If someone was reading your eulogy after being 100 years old, what do you want them to say about you? Write that down, and then just go look for people that resonate with that. And then the second part is, make sure you're following somebody who's actually been successful, not someone who found a way to get followers or is considered an influencer. And I'm not knocking anybody. People work hard to get that done, but just follow somebody with wisdom. People who've already failed and then have had real success, not just success in being, in teaching people how to be successful. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. Of course. And so I want to tie in something here that you, you talked about in Millionaire Success Habits about the seven levels, the seven levels deep. But I think it really pertains as well to tying in with the underdog, right? The underdog advantage, because if you're going to get, if you're going to get through any situation as an underdog, you need a why, but a lot of times, even myself, and when I heard this, it made sense because we, we have a why, but then sometimes we don't go deep enough with the why and you're like, well, I, this is my why, but if you start asking questions further, oh, like, it's always deeper. Then you no. end up realizing, ah, it's back to like when I was a kid or I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. Can you maybe tie that together? Yeah, of course. People? Of course. Because listen, I know you've heard you got to have a purpose. You got to have a why. Your, your why has got to be strong enough. I've heard that all forever, but this exercise that you're talking about, millionaire success habits, it applies to every bit of success in the world. Like if you don't have a why attached to emotions, attached to your heart, you'll always fail. Like we need freaking strength. We need a, a whole army behind us. We need a tool chest filled with tools to break through the walls, the obstacles, the negative people, the naysayers, the crazy presidents. Like we need to be armed. And yes, you need the tools. Yes, you need the tactics. But without the core in your heart, you'll give up on all those. And that's why I felt it was so important in that book. It's why I wrote the same things, uh, you know, not the same thing, but that foundational stuff. Because here's what I know. 
if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, I'd bet to say you want to leapfrog your career. You would love to make more money, have more freedom in your life, have control of your time, maybe scale that business you've been dying to scale. Um, and you're picking up insight, which I, I commend you for. So if you want one of those, if you were here in front of me and you were in the audience and I said, so who in here would love to have financial freedom in your life? Raise your hand. And I've done this in front of 15,000 people. 15,000 out of 15,000 people raise their hand. Yeah. But I'll always say that's a good one, but it's not strong enough to get you through the tough days when the naysayers are really heavy, when the deal doesn't go through, when the bank account is upside down, when your friend lets you down, when your partner is not on your same page anymore, when your spouse tells you stop being a dreamer. Those things, having financial freedom is, isn't a strong enough why. Um, for me, I dug into this, the whole seven levels deep concept. I learned from a dear friend of mine named Joe Stump over 13 years ago. Um, it's basically, if I said, why are you listening to us right now? And you said financial freedom, I'd say, why is financial freedom important to you? Yeah. And if you said, um, I want more free time, why is free time important to you? And you just do it seven times. Yeah. Now I'd, I'd encourage you to do it. Now the whole point is what happens is your first five answers or so come out of your head. And then when you really go deep, I don't know if you experienced this, Lance, all of a sudden there's like this, this physio, you have a change in your physiology, you get goosebumps and you literally feel it go into your heart. Yeah, I remember when you I got to feel it. You got to really feel to get to, you could get stomped a bit. I, without a doubt. And I remember when the first time I did this, when it shifted for me, I literally got emotional. I was in front of my team. I'm talking about, yeah. I hired this guy as a consultant. I want to get more impact and more results for my students. And all of a sudden I said, my third question, my fifth time was, I never want to go backwards. And I started thinking about living with my dad in the bathroom, junky car, no lunch money. I'm never going back there. Like nothing is going to put me back to that struggle and that worry about money. And then he said, well, why is that important? I said, I want my kids to have choices. Oh my God, I started crying. If you have kids listening to this right now, you know what I'm talking about. Not, not like raise two more spoiled brats. I just want them to have choices in their life when I'm here and when I'm gone. And he said, well, that's only six, one more. And I said, he said, why is it important your kids have choices? And for me, I said, I want to be in control of my life. And now that you guys know a little bit about my past, probably as similar as to yours, Lance, is I hated moving 20 times by the time I was 20. I hated not being in control. I love my parents, but I was out of control. They told me what friends to have. They told me what step parents and mothers and brothers and sisters I could like. They told me when I had to move to leave the mongoose, leave my friends, leave my BMX track, go move in a bed. Like I was so out of control as a kid. What I realized in my soul is I don't want anybody telling me how to live, Lance. I don't tell them yeah. where to live, how to live, how to dress, how to raise my kids, when I could take off. Literally every day when I have my children, which is exactly half the time, at three o'clock, I am outside their classroom waving like this awesome. when my kids walk out and there's nothing that could stop me. It's not a $10 billion deal that could stop me from not personally picking up my kids. And that's not just hearsay. That's true. Tonight, my son's pitching in the championship baseball game. There's nothing that could stop me. Not a job, not a boss. And I fight for that. I fight for it every day from my heart. I'm never going backwards to that broke person who, like my parents who struggled and worried about money. I'm going to give my kids choices and I'm doing what I want when I want to do it. And I'm not letting anybody tell me. So with that, Lance, I will chew through a brick wall. I will bite through steel. I will, I will work 20, 20 days straight. Nothing is going to take that away from me. Being financially free. Yay. I'll give up on that shit. Yeah. I won't give up on the other three. So that's why it's so important. And then when you can anchor in your disadvantages on top of that and turn them into rocket fuel and go, oh, wow, I'm already good at that because of all the crap I went through. Wow, that struggle gives me yeah. my story to be able to do this. Listen, yeah. you're here because of some of the stuff that went sideways in as, as a kid. You're here because you want to give back. You want to contribute. And that's why you could talk authentically and through your heart. So 
um, yeah, I love talking about this stuff, man. Yeah, me too, man. It's, it, it lights me up and people, people love hearing it because everybody's got a story. Everyone's got that, those challenges and I just love hearing people win, you know? And what, what I also wanted to ask you as well is that, okay, so the la- let, let's just talk about the last five, 10 years. You know, you're doing well, but there's been so much change, you know, the internet, social media, all this, this chaos. Have you had any, at any kind of difficulties or challenges or kind of, yeah, that you had to go through recently that have really challenged you to kind of, to level up that, yeah, that really maybe have caught you off guard and yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you one business and I'll tell you one personal. Yeah. Okay. Because I think sometimes when you see somebody successful or you see them on IG or Facebook or YouTube, you're like, oh man, just everything falls in line for this guy or this girl. It's so easy. They don't know what I'm going through. So I just want to tell you two things. Business-wise, um, I had infomercials for almost 20 years because of Tony, right? He, yeah. he got my money off an infomercial. I wanted to do the same. And I really ignored social media until a couple of years ago because my whole focus was on infomercials. We had a, a massively successful, I was making an impact around the world with infomercials, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, what hit me about two and a half years ago, some younger, younger kid in his 20s, awesome dude, said, uh, said to one of the guys that worked for me, you work for Dean Graziosi? Who's that? And he said something, he goes, that guy's nothing. He's got 15,000 followers on Instagram. So I was being judged not by my success, not by overcome. It's because I only had 15,000 followers on Instagram. And I have to tell you, that triggered me. And so I said, I'm <laughs> missing a whole generation who needs me. Wow. And it was different and completely different medium. Now I have to get Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, right? Do a podcast. And it was a completely different world. Um, and I had, to, I had to jump. But here's what I want to tell you. It worked and I feel blessed. My Instagram account grew like crazy. Facebook blew past a million five. We just started putting energy in our podcast and you know, we're in the top 100 bid business podcast right now, growing super fast and we're really just starting to put effort into it. And what I discovered, and this is good advice for anyone and you too, Lance, is it doesn't matter what medium or what outlet, if it's an infomercial or YouTube video, Facebook, Instagram, people in today's world want authenticity, want real, and they want something. People are sick of just seeing checks and Lambos and jets and do this and do that. And like, I think people are just so tired of it. They're back to blue jeans. It's like, give me somebody who's actually done it. Give me some real stuff and just please be yourself. Like, I think that's what the world is crying for. So I feel honored and blessed that I got to be myself and now I'm 51 and I get to, I get to share with a whole new group of people that um, are getting a message that took me that long to acquire. But in the meantime, there was a huge dip. We kind of went off TV to really scale my books and my life and what we share on social media. And I have to tell you, my revenue of my company, the impact I was making on people's lives, the, everything dropped significantly, Lance. Like, wow. like imagine 15, 18 years like this and then straight down with 15,000 followers and people not knowing who I am, a whole new generation going, who's this guy? Even though I've been around longer than most anybody in this space. Only person yeah. around longer than me is Tony. Legit. Like who's yeah, still doing it and alive? It's Tony and me. Right. But Tony, people knew. So anyway, that dip was scary. I lost a lot of money, but I stayed true to what I wanted to do. And then we came out on the other side and, and really are impacting people's lives more now than ever. On a personal side, a few years ago, I went through a divorce and it was the most painful situation in my life. My ex and I knew our relationship was over many, many years ago. We lived in separate bedrooms, but because my parents were divorced so much and you kind of know my story, you can imagine the pain I had of doing that to my kids. And I just, I, I couldn't imagine not being with them every day. I couldn't imagine them putting, putting through the pain of divorce because their mom and I screwed up, right? 
Mm. Um, and it was just, it was terrible. And I went through anxiety. I wasn't sleeping at night. I literally, I was, I'll be honest, I was popping Xanax twice a week just to calm my nerves. And I don't even take an aspirin. I get yeah. sick. I don't take penicillin. I don't, I don't do anything unhealthy. I, I just don't. I don't drink a lot. I'll have a glass of wine. Like, but I was popping Xanax just to feel like a human to stop the shakes. Cause I thought I, I resorted right back to that 11 year old kid um, that you might experience yeah. from your past. I just thought I'm going to recreate what I had. I can't believe it, but it was all a lie. And uh, I talk about a, a process in the book that I used called the success loop that shifted that whole thing for me. I stopped thinking about what could go wrong. I stopped thinking about the disadvantages and I started thinking of everything I learned that went wrong. My disaster, my tragedy of my childhood was actually the wind behind my sail. And just to give you a fast forward, when I shifted and said, no matter what it takes, I'm going to be best friends or dear friends with my ex. Um, and we're going to do this together. And we're going to co-parent and we're going to make sure our kids thrive. And we set an agenda. We set a compelling future. I sat down and I wrote, if I ever attract a new love in my life, it's got to look like this. And she's got to love my kids and love me and feel this way and be a hustler. And I can't accept anybody that would alienate my kids like experiences I had. I can't have anybody. And I just went through and wrote what was a must and what wasn't. And Long story short, some of the strategies that we think are like, ah, that can't be it. It actually was. My, my ex and I are dear friends. My kids are thriving more than ever before in their life. They never saw their parents in love. They never saw their parents kiss or hold hands. Now I'm remarried to the love of my life. I'm having another baby. My kids love their stepmom, their bonus mom, as they call them. My, my wife loves my kids. Like, can't wait for them to be. She'll pick them up from school. She's just like, when do we get the kids? When do we get the kids? Like, everything that I was afraid of if I kept focus on it, it probably would have happened, but I was able to shift it and use it as an advantage in my life and lay out a structure for my life. It's, it's amazing where I was three years ago compared to where I am now. The happiest I've ever been in real love. My kids get to see me and my wife hug and kiss every single day, respect each other. I became a better man. I wasn't the best man in my past relationships. I'm the best man in a relationship right now. I work on myself every day. So I gave you those two examples because this has all happened in the last five years, right. but I know how to take those disadvantages and use them as fuel and learn from them. And that's why I want everybody to have this book so you can understand that it's not just me either. I really I highlighted and did some deep dive research on other underdogs. And there's a process, Lance, to shift what you think is holding you back into the thing that actually blows you right past the people with privilege. Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate you sharing that, man, because I, I know how important being vulnerable and sharing my story has been just for, just for my healing. You know, mm -hmm. I had really, there's some crazy stuff that went on in my life in the last few years and, and, and being able to share that has helped me heal. How important is people be sharing their story and how has that changed for you as far as opening up to kind of get through your journey to help connect with people? Yeah. Because now with social media, at least you can, you can connect and people can really see yeah. the real you. How has that helped you for your personal healing and as becoming more of an influence into people? Yeah, it's, it's just a huge part. I, I want to say everything because yeah. especially as men, we want to hold it in and say, I'll get, I'll yeah. power through this. I'll power through this. I don't want to share my weaknesses. I don't want to say I screwed up in my last relationship. I, I got to look perfect. No, I, I, I fucked up in old relationships. Yeah. I wasn't the man I needed to be. I was an incredible father. I was an incredible business leader. I was incredible at writing books and impacting lives. Eh, not so much in a relationship. And I recognized that and sharing it and being vulnerable and saying that and said, no, I need to step up as a man. I need to be a next level human. If I'm going to truly be someone that inspires somebody, if I'm going to help set a culture, if I'm going to be a role model, I better step up my game. 
And those things, like the more I shared, the more I realized my flaws and the more I realized where I could learn while well, simultaneously a whole new group of people came in saying, hey, I'm kind of there now too. Can, can I get some help? Right? My, my transformation of watching my kids see the honesty. There's no more fibs. There's no more pretending mom and dad are okay. But at night, why does dad sleep downstairs and mom upstairs? Like I have no more lies in my life. I have no more incongruencies in my life. And I can share it on social media, on a podcast, everywhere. And just be me and the world is big enough that if someone doesn't like that message, that's okay. There's someone else that might be more in alignment with, but I think my struggles allow me to be the best teacher that exists. And I think the more we all realize that, the better we can do. Amazing, man. Uh, so well said. I, uh, I really appreciate you, man, coming on and sharing this. This was I got so much out of this and so many people are going to be so grateful for this message and Everybody needs to get your book. I mean, let's hold it up one more time. Let's have a Yeah, look. no, I'm really excited about this book. This, this will be the best book I ever did. It's called yeah. The Underdog Advantage. I would love for you to grab a copy. Here's the cool Absolutely. part. You can go to Amazon and grab a copy. That would be amazing. It's 1995. Cool. I still get paid. I love that we become a bestseller there too. But Lance, we sent up a special URL at Lance's URL, L-A-N-C-E-S-U-R-L.com where you can get the hard cover for free. Yeah, I bought the books. I do ask that you cover the shipping and handling. It's just a special page. It's how I can get more of these books in people's hands. It's how I can help impact more lives. Uh, we give away some really killer bonuses. It's at lanceswurl.com. I'm so excited. I can't wait for you to read it and, and, uh, and give some feedback once you do. Absolutely. And we're going to get everybody to take a screenshot, tag you in it. They're like, we got it. We got this book. I, I'm, I'm excited, man, to read it because I actually just got it yesterday. I was like, I, I, need to, uh, I need to get this. So really excited, man. Um, I always wrap things up with one, one question, one staple question. And okay. that is, I know we kind of covered it, but involving adversity, what is, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? If you're in the middle of adversity right now, I don't want to try to pretend and say you should appreciate it and celebrate it because it sucks when you're going through it. But uh, a, an, an old saying that I heard is that the smoothest stone is in the roughest part of the stream. My adversity, your adversity is what's fine tuning us to be our next level version of us. There's no way to success. There's no way to happiness. There's no way to abundance without facing that adversity. And I wanna tell you, when it comes to my business and even my personal life, my next level of impact, love, empathy, caring, lived on the other side of the thing I feared the most. I feared the most of having a divorce to put my kids through it. And it actually turned out to be, for me personally, I'm not an advocate of divorce, it turned out to be the greatest thing in the world. I found real love, I'm a better version of me, my kids are thriving, my ex is thriving, everybody gets along awesome. I was so afraid of that and I held people back for a long time because of that. In my businesses, there was newness and going from a different medium from you know, infomercials to social media. It was scary, it was different, I feared it. When I faced that fear, we came out on the other side and we're making more impact than ever before in history. Um, and you'll see when you read my book on how we can do it. So your, big, your next level lives on this other side of the thing you fear the most and I promise you, even though it sucks, it's worth the journey. Amazing. Man, thank you so much for coming on. I really, you, really appreciate it. You got it, Lance. This was a blast, man. And, and I'm glad that uh, you asked me some good questions. So I got to share some things that I've never shared before. So oh, appreciate man. you, dude. I love it. We'll, uh, we'll have to do it again for sure. We will. Let's do it. <laughs> Dean Graziosi, everybody. See ya.
All right. Boom. What an episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. So let's get you all this free book. Here's the two ways you can do it. Number one, in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, there's going to be a link. Scroll down, click on that. It'll prompt you to where you need to go to fill out the information to pay for the shipping. And then you'll get the book. There's going to be some also some other giveaways and some options that you can take advantage of as well that are super, super valuable. Okay, there's that way. So either in the show notes at this platform you're listening to or go to my Instagram, Lance W. Isios. Hit the link in the bio. It'll take us to a little box in the link tree that'll say free book giveaway or Dean's book or something like that. So if you guys click on that, that'll also take you to where you need to go with Dean's video. This is a no-brainer, guys. I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't take advantage of this. Then you get to be part of his community. You get to learn. He always gives away free content, free videos. And you heard him. He's got massive energy. Infectious, right? And his work, his energy comes out in his writing. His last book was amazing as well. As you guys heard, lots of valuable takeaways that I had. And I'm just so excited to dive into this book, you guys. So take advantage of the offer. I don't promote these offers very often, but Dean Graziosi is an awesome dude. And I really want to support this book. So like I said, in the show notes, click on there. It'll take you where you need to go. Put in your information, get the free book, pay for the shipping, or go to my Instagram, my link tree, click the link in the bio, free book, Dean's book, whatever we name it. That'll take you where you need to go as well and get your order. in. All right. Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.